We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wait, where are you going next? You have two picks in a row. I think we need uh, a defenseman. Yeah, there's, on, there's only a handful of them here. Right. We're going to go with Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, filthy. Ah. Nobody breaks ankles like Rasmus Dahlin at the blue line. This guy is like a young Allen Iverson. He is filthy. He'll join a strong offensive juggernaut right now. Yeah, he's a, he's a player that, that's just getting better and better as he's going He's had kind of a physical element to his game. Obviously, offensively, he's, he's as gifted as you'll see on the back end. And he's just a great player. I mean, that's why we picked him. <laughs> The NHL All-Star Draft last night. Joe, two things. Number one, that mm-hmm. is great. The Allen Iverson of the blue line. Mm-hmm. Right? Who yeah, was that? Was not, that Bessonette uh, talking? That was, was Bouchergross. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard him described as that. But <laughs> That was great. I'm like, wait a minute. Wow, that's great. Joe, do you know? If you wanted to take the hour-and-a-half trip up to Toronto tonight mm-hmm. for NHL skills competition, do you know how much tickets are going for in the secondary market? Would you like to guess? They're going for $123 is my guess. One, two, three. Okay, you, if you wanted two tickets, right? I, just put it, I went to Ticketmaster. I put in a query of two tickets. You will not find anything for less than $400 a ticket. Wow. Now, I, I shouldn't no say that. There are actually like four different pairs that are less than 400, but there's okay. one straggler out there for like 270 a pair. Mm-hmm. Then there's a few for like 320 or 350, and then everything is at least $400 a ticket. That's that shouldn't be that much. That shouldn't be that much. Although Toronto's notorious for tickets being so expensive. It's why the Leafs fans come down here and take over the building. Right. Uh in a big way. 400 though to watch 400 a ticket. If you want to go to the game, most are at least three twenty to three fifty a ticket. So the skills competition is more expensive than than the game, the, the game itself. Oh yeah, I or would games, rather. Wouldn't you? Really? Say. You'd? Ra- I'd rather go to the skills competition. Mm, what would I rather? Go this to? is on the heels of your question you've been yeah. asking this morning. I have no interest in the game and what they do now with everything. Like, there's, yeah. it's not. It doesn't resemble like hockey the way I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I do. I think the skills competition would be way cooler to go to. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I think I probably should agree with that, right? Like, you're because you're also getting to see something different. You're not going to be frustrated by the lack of effort because it's not game. You can't really not try, right? right? Like, that's right. You, you're not going to not try in the hardest shot competition. They're going to try to shoot it as hard as possible. Um. All right, so I think I would I would get there. Skills competition, yeah, would be better. It's probably shorter, also, wouldn't it be? Probably like yeah, a, probably. I think it starts hours. at seven. You're probably done in a couple hours. Um, I mean, the All Star Game itself, like the NHL All Star Game, there's so much scoring. Yes, I know people. Oh, you love goals and all that. It just gets mm-hmm. to the point of a ridiculousness. They're just scoring goals left and right, and you can't stop anybody. You can't hit anybody. It 
I don't know. It's it's a reason why we've mm. the last few years I've said like football, especially at the college level, like come on, like it's way too easy to score. Can we start stopping people and I really like I actually think that this past year has been a nice little bit of renaissance in defensive football and strategy again on the defensive side. Even in college, not as much, but in the mm-hmm. NFL for sure, we've had down down scoring. I'm not Mr. Oh my god, let's let's love every 10-7 game, mm-hmm. but it got a little ridiculous in football where we were going. And I I just think like that's like the All-Star game to me. Cuz there's no defense, doesn't matter. It's just guys scoring. You're not really trying too hard. The goalies they're not going all out to make sure they make every stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. They um they had it right, I thought. Or they had it going well. All leagues, I thought, like maybe five years ago. Five to like seven years ago. They were adjusting things. I think the, the just to run through like some of the All-Star games. The NHL switched to three on three. And I think the mm-hmm. idea was, well, there's no, you can't not try because you'll get, you'll get seen. It'll be so obvious. It'll be so <laughs> right. ridiculous. And I think the first year they did that, it worked. I think the players were trying harder, but as a couple years have gone by, I think it's regressed back to where it was before. I think the NBA had the same thing. That was more natural. I remember there was an all-star game where LeBron and Steph said, we're going to be the leaders on this. Like they were the captains or whatever. We're going to be the leaders on this. We're going all out and the we're going to make the guys look bad if they don't follow us. And LeBron and Steph went all out and everybody followed them and it was like a really good basketball game. And then same thing. 2 years went by, 3 years went by and they're right back to like it just everyone's just got open dunks. And football also the same thing. Do you remember there was it's one of the most incredible football plays you'll ever see. Just like cuz it's in the Pro Bowl also. Lorenzo Alexander intercepts a pass at the Pro Bowl. Josh is nodding. He knows what I'm talking about. And he starts running back the other way. He laterals it to Akib Talib, who is sprinting mm. down the field and Kirk Cousins going a million miles an hour comes out of nowhere, slaps the ball and there's like a big pile up. Like that was another game where there was like a threat. We're going to get rid of the Pro Bowl if you guys don't start trying. The players started trying. Same thing. Two years went by and everybody stopped trying. So I thought there was. Isn't I, the, I thought it was about to be fixed and then everything went back to the way it was. Is it the like gold standard of guys hitting in the Pro Bowl? The Sean Taylor against Brian Mormon play? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like the <laughs> oh my yes. God. Someone. Oh my God. Someone just sent along to me. You tell me if this is the way it used to be with that, because I even thought back in the day it was like, you know, at least watered down a little bit. Um, I tweeted out the, our question, like, when did yep. All-Star Games peak for you? And I think for most people, this is going to be when you were a kid. Like, I picked the 2007 NHL All-Star Game because I'm 12 years old, and it's it's Briere, Lindy, Ryan Miller, and Brian Campbell that were all at the All-Star Game. And I tweeted that out, and someone replied to me with, like, their favorite was, like, the 86 NHL All-Star Game, and they sent me a highlight of Mike Ramsey at open ice taking down Wayne Gretzky. And I'm watching this, like, uh, is there about to be a brawl that starts? Like, I mean, it's not, like, the most egregious hit ever, but open ice hit on Wayne Gretzky in the All-Star Game, and I can't even fathom if, like, Somebody tomorrow, Sal, like just took out McDavid's legs, like in the middle of the All Star game. 
Yeah, he kind of gives him a little bit of a hip check at the blue line, right? That's kind of as yeah. he's going over there. Yeah. By the way, the reason I love it, you know me, I love Mike Ramsey. Put yep. number five up, yep. right? Put number five up in the rafters, you know that. I mean, he's he's the guy that needs to be up there next. Um, that's why I love this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there was some hitting that went on back then. There was a time period where they did NHL All-Stars against uh, the Russian teams. Like, they had this, yes. this series, right? Remember that? The Summit Series. Um, yep, yep th- that's right. Th- they, they've done a lot of different things. If I think of different All-Star games, they might have peaked, for me to use your word there, at different times. You know, for the NFL, though, for the Pro Bowl, I know it sounds weird. It's not even, like the last few years, maybe 10 years ago, you're like, okay, nobody's tackling or doing anything. Like Then it just became ridiculous to even think about it. But for me, it's the uniforms. I remember when, like, the, the best part about the Pro Bowl for me was looking at the different helmets on the field. And everybody's wearing a different helmet but the same jersey. And you had the red... And the blue, mm-hmm. or you had the white and the blue, or the white and the red, whatever it was back then. And I went through and I scrolled through some of the old uniforms on a, 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 a web page I saw. It had like a Pro Bowl uniform history. I think it was Bleacher Report had one a while back. And I'm like, yeah, see, look at that. There's it says American, it says National, and they were a team, but they had these different helmets on. Same thing for baseball. What gets me about baseball now is, correct me if I'm wrong, they all wear kind of the same jersey now on the same team in baseball, yeah. whether you're American or National. It used to be the best part about the baseball all-star game was the different uniforms for each team. Mm-hmm. If you were if if the game was played at a National League park, all the NL players would wear their home jerseys. All the AL players would wear their away jerseys. And then vice versa. That was what was cool about it, and I loved it. And then of course we had that stupid rule about whoever wins it gets the home field in the World Series because they want to make it matter more because by then it was already it already jumped the shark, right? I mean, what are we doing? Um, I think the baseball all-star game can still be really good because, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's baseball and there's there's yeah. not a lot of tinkering with the game per se. But that was always what did it for me for all-star games was the uniforms. The uniform that I like the most from all-star game history is actually one that I wasn't even alive for, which is the Campbell Conference. The Wales mm. and Campbell Conference, like those orange mm-hmm. diagonal lettering uniforms that, like, I've, I've got a, I've got Gretzky in them, probably in Lemieux, um, Iserman, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NHL All Star Game uniforms in recent times, I've hated. Although I will say, I love them this year. Have you seen them this year? I haven't. They are. I think it's because they they are trying to look a little bit of. It's like a combination of old school and new school. Like they actually even I read the like why they designed them that way and maybe this is why they tried to emulate like the early '90s, late '80s uh, uniforms, but with like different colors. Josh is shaking his head. He does not agree. You don't like them? <laughs> Justin Bieber designed them. I I don't like them at all. I I just I, I don't like the 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 word or the nameplate on the bottom of. I don't like it. It's not my style. All right. The nameplate on the bottom is weird. I, I won't uh, I won't disagree with you there. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Can I get one more thing in here about yeah. this? I mean, it's been since nineteen seventy eight that Buffalo hosted the NHL All Star Game. Yeah, it's been since nineteen seventy eight. I, I I know we we talk about what events we can hold here in this city. Mm-hmm. Can we get an All Star Game here at some point? I mean, it's been since nineteen seventy eight. It's Buffalo, New York. We're close to Toronto. We're close to the border. It's a, it's, I know, I know the Sabres aren't that good. It's a hockey city, right? We love our hockey mm-hmm. here. I know that there's a lot that goes around, on with all these events. 
even we talk about, well, we can't even host an NFL draft with the, the yeah. Let's do it. Let's figure out a way. Can we do it? I'd love to see that. 1978, Joe, since the last time Buffalo held an All-Star game. We're not talking about a Super Bowl here. We're not talking about all the pomp and circumstance and thousands and thousands of hotel rooms. All right. I, I, can, can we try and do that? You're right. I would love to see it happen. I think it would be a cool event to host. They get the draft every once in a while. Why not the All-Star game? Right. I think um, what you've seen recently and I'm trying to remember when this got talked about. Was it in Columbus, maybe? There was a year where a bunch of guys were skipping, and there were comments from players that were basically, I would have bet you'd be more likely to go, or you'd have more people going if you can if you kept the All-Star games in warm weather climates. Like, basically, you have players deciding... Do I want to go on vacation with my family for a week in the middle of the season in the Bahamas, or do I want to go to Edmonton in the middle of January when it's going to be, you know, three feet of snow? And they're more likely to say yes if you put the All-Star Game in Sunrise. Now, right, that's the thing. It's in Toronto this year. Are you getting a bunch of people bowing out? I don't. You're not this year, you're not. Right, not this year, you're not. So I I, I don't think you'd get that as much in Buffalo. I think... Just my own perception of of, of this. Mm-hmm. You're so close to Canada, the border, Toronto's right there. I think players would not feel that same way here in Buffalo, and they could have. It'd be easier for you know the, some of the Canadian players uh, accessible for people to come down and see them and things mm-hmm. like that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't see this mass exodus every year. I mean, yes, there are some players who do that, and maybe you'd get one or two. Yeah, no, that's right. But I, I think Buffalo would be a good location for that. Yeah, I also wonder about like the arena itself. Arena right, upgrades. That, it, that, is, that is probably something that needs to happen first. But also, it's out there that that's going to be happening. There was a, there was a story, I think, by Tim Graham before the season that like that this, it's on its way. So maybe in a couple years. Um, because, right, it's been, it's, it's been 35 years since that. More than that. More than that. Jeez, it's been 40, 45 years since the All-Star game was here. 803-0550 is the phone number. I want to touch on something else um, that you mentioned a little bit ago in this segment about defense having a little bit of a renaissance this year Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. NFL. Mm -hmm. Would you attribute the reason that six of the eight coach hirings were defensive kind of to that, that same thinking because the trend lately in past years has been offense, offense, offense with so few defensive coaches. And this year was kind of the other way where you had Raheem Morris, you had, um, you had Mike McDonald, like you kind of had the defensive coordinator, you know, more than ever, more than at least in recent years, getting those head coach jobs. Yeah. So this year, Raheem Morris defense, right? Yeah. So, uh, defensive guy. Dave Canales is offense. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, come from Michigan offense, but I don't know. Yeah. I, either way. Jer- Gerard Mayo's defense. Mike McDonald's defense. Antonio Callahan's. Pierce. Callahan's offense. Dan Quinn's defense. Antonio Pierce defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I do. I do. I think. I think there's two things happening here. Um, yes, that's part of it. Where there's this be- there's this renaissance of defense. I want to call it that. So a lot of the people who are doing that or involved in that are going to have some of the better numbers. And you're going to look and who are the hot coaches? Ooh, look what they've done. Look at the look at how their defense has really stepped up. And you're going to go to that. 
I also think it might be a response to how do I stop this guy? How do I stop Patrick Mahomes? How do I stop Josh Allen? How do I stop Joe Burrow? How do I stop these offenses? They're doing, okay, get me the young defensive mind hmm. who can do something like that. So I think there's probably some sort of shift to that as well, where owners are thinking, okay, if I don't have the guy, how do I stop the guy? Look at my division. What do I do there? So, but look, I, I don't want to go really far with that because I always believe that, and I know that teams don't, you can always draw lines between, well, they had an offensive coach, now they want a defensive coach. I get that. It does happen sometimes. There's no doubt. Different culture, different lens. You want to look and you want something new. But I've always said this. You know this, Joe, and I believe this. A good coach is a good coach. It doesn't matter if you're cut from offense or defense. You're, mm-hmm. a, you're a leader of people. You're a CEO. You're a good coach. It doesn't matter to me. When, and you brought up many times, how many offensive-minded coaches are left in the playoffs or how many defensive-minded coaches are left. To me, it doesn't matter. Like it, that, that speaks nothing to me other than like where they came from. And it might even mean because there's just more of those people there. Like the mm-hmm. last several years, we've had more offensive coaches remaining in the playoffs and defensive. But I think we just have more offensive coaches anyway in the NFL that are head coaches. So it's going to happen. It's the math, how it works out. It's about being a good leader. It's about being a good coach overall. And if you're a good owner and, and you're an owner who understands this, I don't think it should matter which side of the ball someone comes from. Now, I do respect the argument of if you have a defensive coach, you might have to change out your offensive coordinator more often. I understand that, and I respect that. But that should not be a barrier to me mm-hmm. to hiring the best person available. And if that person comes from defense, then so be it. You hire a defensive guy. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks, for example, are saying, and they shouldn't say this. It would be the wrong way to think. Mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks should not say, we can't hire Mike McDonald because if we get a franchise quarterback, we're going to have a different offensive coordinator every few years. Well, wait a minute. If Mike McDonald's the best coach, then hire the guy. That's what you do. You hire the best person available. I do think, to your point about how teams can operate in this regard, the commanders yeah. just kind of proved, at least for them, that that's how they treated it because, by all indications, they wanted Ben Johnson. Yes. And 100%. They they were going all out. They waited, right, till the Lions season was over. They interviewed him multiple times. Like they wanted Ben Johnson, who is the bright young offensive play caller. And then when he said, "Yeah, I'm going to stay in Detroit." Where'd they end up? They ended up at an older not you know, and he's not quite, you know, Pete Carroll uh in terms of like in his 70s, but they hired a veteran defensive coach in Dan Quinn, like which couldn't be more polar opposite from the guy that they were about to hire. So the commanders at least prove that what you're saying is definitely real in the league. And now, right, like you're getting back to a point where I I wonder too, like I wonder if teams were starting to work towards, all right, I'm afraid to hire the defensive guy because everyone is scoring. There is no Mm -hmm. stopping Mahomes. There is no stopping Burrow. There is no stopping Josh Allen. The only way to beat them is I got to outscore them. That's it. And I wonder if teams saw this year a, a glimpse of, oh, wait a minute, I can stop them. I, I might not have thought that was true two years ago. I might have thought the only way to beat the Chiefs is to beat them 40-35. to 35. And now I have some evidence that I can keep them in check. They only scored 21 a game this year. The Bills' mm-hmm. offense was down this year. The Well, I guess Burrow got hurt, so you don't want to count them. But so many teams were down in the dumps offensively. Now I have evidence that I can hire, you know, whatever I want. I don't have to be, you know, tunnel vision on I can only go offense because 
it's kind of a death sentence for me if I go defense. If I have to change my coordinator all the time and I have instability there, I don't have continuity with my franchise quarterback year after year. Like I still would lean that way, no doubt. Like if I were ever wanting to see, you know, if the Bills ever fired Sean McDermott years from now, then and they went through a coaching search, I would personally want them to go offensive. But it's not as egregious, I think, anymore after the year we just saw, where like you know who who just did this the the the, the Seahawks hire Mike Mike McDa- McDonald and I could listen to after seeing last year if this guy can stop a Patrick Mahomes then you know then I think he's deserving of being in head coaching circles. Yeah, I mean the Bills went from defense to defense, right? They went from Rex Ryan to Sean McDermott. Yes, yeah. Seattle Seahawks, like you said. You go from Pete Carroll to Mike McDonald, but you're just you're getting a younger Pete Carroll, I guess, right? That's what you want. You want the next guy who you think is a really good leader, even though he's on the defensive side. It is interesting for sure, and I don't know. I, I you know, you, you'd get a window into some of these owners and how they feel. It was clearly a few years ago. Get me the next Sean McVay. I mean, everybody. Yes. If you had yeah. dinner with Sean McVay, you were hired as a head coach. I mean, that was just yeah. you know, you walk by the guy, you bump into Cliff, his shoulder, Cliff, walking down the street, you're going to be hired. Cliff Kingsbury, I remember in the press release when he got hired by the Arizona Cardinals, and like this, he had never even worked with Sean McVay, and in the second right. paragraph of the Cardinals announcing him as head coach, they had a sentence about him being friends with Sean McVay. Exactly. That's right. exactly right. So, okay, well, it, uh, here's a little bit of a. Not a hot take for you, but the people that don't get enough love in this regard are the special teams coordinators. And I'm not trying to be funny. John Mm -hmm. Harbaugh is a special teams guy. Marv Levy came. He was a special teams guy. Special teams coaches, Joe, the reason why more special teams coaches should get a little bit of a look, they actually, more than offense or defensive guys, they deal with the whole roster every day. Like, Mm -hmm. they're they're actually, they have to be involved in more of the actual complete team operation than an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. And I've always felt that's what gives them actually a little bit more of a sense of what a head coach has to do than an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Hmm. Wasn't that uh wasn't that Marv? Wasn't Marv yeah, a special Marv. guy? Mar- now Marv Marv came into the NFL. He famously ran the wing T with the Kansas City Chiefs. The wing okay? T. And this, wow. He did. And they ran for 300 yards a game, but they couldn't throw for a lick, and they didn't win a lot of games. But, man, they could run the stinking football. And then, uh, yeah, and then you know he was fired, but he was a special teams guy. Like, that's where he cut his teeth. He came up. He was a big special teams guy. He comes to Buffalo. He really was known for special teams. But, yeah, he did run the wing tee when he came in. John Harbaugh, same thing, special teams. I think that some yeah. of these these guys that, that you know are out there that were really good special teams coordinators – would probably make for pretty good head coaches because of the CEO part of it that they have to deal with all different parts of the of the roster. John Harbaugh, by the way, now the second oldest coach in yes. the NFL. With oldest, uh, not even not even uh, tenured. No, wow, right. second oldest coach in the league. He doesn't even look that old. He's in. I mean, he's in good shape. Part of the reason he's the second oldest coach in the league. Nobody hired Bill Belichick. I want to get into that a little bit mm. when we come back. On Belichick not getting a job as he's still 14 wins away from Don Shula's record. 8 o'clock, my brother Lou DiBiase, who is covers the Eagles for Locked On Podcast, he's down at the Senior Bowl, and we'll get a little bit of a scoop on what he's seen from uh, especially some of the receivers and also the quarterbacks. I got a question about Michael Penix earlier for like the Dolphins, their next 
you know, to a guy to replace him. And, like, I, I, I don't know how different he is. But all that's going on down in Mobile, we'll talk with Lou about coming up at 8 a.m. So we still got plenty of time for your phone calls at 803-0550. Jody Biasi, Sal Capaccio, more after this timeout here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, it's Groundhog Day again. But what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. All right. <laughs> Let's go, Punxsutawney Phil. Let's go, baby. Yes. When do pitchers and catchers report? <laughs> Let's go. When do pitchers and catchers report? That's probably coming up, isn't uh, it? In a month? It probably is. That's right. Um. Yes. Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow. For what I realize, I look looking this up during the break, how rare it is that he doesn't see his shadow. He's not seen it, or excuse me, I should put it this way. He has seen his shadow 107 of the 136 times they've done this. And he, yeah, and, and so that's a pretty high rate. And low rate for what happened today. Like, it's gone bucking against, like, the percentage today. Didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Only 20-something times in 130 years. Yeah. I'm looking outside right now, though, and it is very gray and overcast. So we got we to get going here. Although, hey, the, 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 the weather reports say a lot of sun may be coming our way in the next, uh, the next couple yeah. days. Let's melt that snow. Let's, let's dry up that mud. Let's go. Let's, let's get back to spring. Let's get Josh, that was actually possible. live sound, right? That was like yeah, real sound. That, that wasn't was, from the movie Groundhog Day. That no, was that actually was, sound from today. Yep, that was done about wow. fifteen minutes ago. So <laughs> I, I watched it. the live stream. It was it was kind of electric. I'm not going to lie. They were chanting <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil. It was it was pretty good. It's like a golf tournament with Mickelson. <laughs> is that something that is like worth attending? Like people go to the the like here. Okay, so let let me make a case here. Let me just throw something out there. I think going to that. In wherever that is, Pennsylvania, right? I think that would be a better thing to go to than to go to the ball drop at Times Square on New Year's Eve. I know, I know what's going to happen at New Year's Eve, right? At least here, I've got some right. Josh said some electricity because I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, one way or the other, they start celebrating at three thirty in the morning, like with like talent shows and and musical performances and all this other stuff, and it goes until about seven thirty. When the sun starts to come up, and then they do their. I little had no idea. Yeah, I I had no idea about the starting at three thirty. I thought they all just got up at like seven. It's an it, event. Yeah, I guess so. You by the way, do they have a skills competition for all the uh, groundhogs <laughs> like they do for the NHL All Star yeah. game? Like a, like a ground with groundhog race. <laughs> well, according right? to yes. the according to the official groundhog club, it is the same groundhog that they started with a hundred and thirty years ago or whatever, because he drinks the elixir of life mm. and he lives forever. According to the Groundhog Club. Interesting. Oh, my. This is amazing. I'm reading now. Upwards of 25,000 people brave the cold on early February mornings to get catch a glimpse of uh, of this rodent's weather prediction. So 
There, you're, there are there are going to be a lot of people there if you're making the trip. And by the way, wherever Pennsylvania, it's Punxsutawney, uh, Pennsylvania, obviously, because that's yes. where the name comes from. And so. Joe, I have attended the ball drop, and it is very anticlimactic. You are absolutely right. I'm glad I did it. I think maybe uh-huh. people should just do it once, but I would tell you, it's not super special. It, you're exactly right. You wait a long time mm-hmm. for really nothing other than what you know is going to happen, which is this light in the sky is going to drop down, and then mm-hmm. it's going to light up, and everybody's going to say, yay, happy new year, and yeah. you drink something, you kiss somebody, and you go home. There you go. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, by the way, when you drive in, apparently <laughs> the sign says the weather capital of the world, and uh, I feel like our man Pat Hammer would take great offense to that being claimed by Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, with their 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 the way that they're predicting. But oh, by the way, real quick uh, before we get off this topic, how bad is it that I haven't seen the movie Groundhog Day? Bad. It's bad. You've pretty seen bad. It. Pretty bad. I have. Yeah, I have. It's on. It's on a lot now these days. I mean, it's not even just this time of year. It's on. It's 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 readily available a lot of places. Hmm. It's got a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. All right. Maybe it's I'll... a great movie. It's funny. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's not It's not yeah, it's kind of cheesy, right? But it's it's a good movie and Bill Murray's obviously funny. He's he's a really funny actor. How well does it uh how well does it hold up? It's it's like early 90s. Usually the, yeah, it holds. the er, I'm still good with the early 90s. So All right. I, I think it holds. It's not I mean, you're yeah, it, it's a good movie. It's 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 a feel good movie. It's a good movie. It's not oh my god, it's I don't know. It's not Shawshank Redemption. Like, holy cow, you got to go see this thing, right? Yeah. Oh, but Shawshank it's Redemption. it's a good movie. Shawshank Redemption. I mean, I use that Amazing. because you know, yeah, exactly. same same time period, and yeah, I'm I was mad at myself that I hadn't seen that earlier when I when I did finally get to it. I never thought we'd be comparing Shawshank Redemption to Groundhog Day. I mean, it's you know, it probably did it come out in the same year? It might have come out. There might have been uh, the same award show, ninety three and ninety four. It's the same same period. So, speaking of Groundhog Day, this is actually, there's no tie-in here whatsoever. I don't know why I tried for that. So, Sal, Bill Belichick does not get a head coaching job. We've discussed whether he'll ever coach again um, here now at 71. Uh, Should he, how should he really take not getting a job? How do you want to bet he's taking, getting, becoming available there being seven real openings, I don't know if I want to count the Raiders as like an eighth. They just went with you know Pierce, and maybe they were always going to do that. But not only one team interviewed. They said no thanks. A bunch of other teams didn't even want to talk to him. And I wonder if he is looking in the mirror right now and really trying to figure out like why, like what happened, what has happened in the league this off season that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I've got six rings, and nobody wants me to come be their head coach. Like what what gives? But man, I really wonder how much of that record with on Tom Brady and what he's done the last couple of years is speaking to why this has happened. I hadn't thought about this, and I don't think it's necessarily right. But we got a good tweet from uh, RFP. Thank you, RFP, who says, "I wonder to what extent Belichick's cheating scandals may have have." him kind of semi-blackballed in owners' minds. I do think you have to leave some space for that, Joe. Hmm. Like, you bring him into your organization, you know, the Uh epithet on Bill Belichick is, you know, at the end, yes, the six rings, but you're going to go to the wiki page and see the the cheating scandals. And I, I, I I do wonder if there's an owner out there, a couple owners who say, I just don't want that attached to me as he gets to the end of his career and he's 
You know, if yeah. he's not going to win here, like that's part of where he was when you look at that. And I don't know. Maybe. I do think it's something you have to think about. I think overall, though, I think Belichick overplayed his hand because he does what he does. This is He's Bill Belichick, and it's hubris. That's just what it's been for the last few years. It's been the hubris of Bill Belichick. It's why the Patriots can't really get out of their own way the last several years. Yes, he has all the hardware. He's won all the rings. I get it. You know, I'm the I'm the Buffalo guy on the radio who's been kind of railing against him for the last few years. I get it. I'm not trying to do that here. But it's the truth. I think I've been right about it, yeah. to be quite honest. And I'm telling you now, the yeah. hubris of this guy, he thought he'd just be able to walk into any stinking job that's available because he's Bill Belichick. That's not how it works. Yeah. And... No. The trend in the league is to get younger at these position coaches, the mm-hmm. fresh mind. He has shown over the last since Tom Brady has left, it has come out clearly. He is not a fresh mind. He's not an innovative thinker anymore, especially on offense. Yes, he was. He has been. He could still coach defense. There's no doubt. But the NFL has changed so much since he came into this league and he won all those titles, even on defense. Look what happens when he generally plays mobile quarterbacks. He does not have much of an answer. I think I think Owners and GMs and organizations were smart enough to understand we're getting a fossil if we bring this guy in. As great as the resume is, he's not going to elevate our team. Yeah. No, I I think he really – like, I I, kind of look at this from two perspectives. One of, like, the owner looking at it as, like, what am I really getting here? I've got to sign up for him having player personnel control, which is kind of out there. That Like, that appears to be the deal, which – then that is just a non-starter for me for how poorly that has gone. I've got the age question. Like, even if this goes well, how long do I have this guy for? I'm not getting the Ravens hired John Harbaugh in what 2008. That goes well because of his age. I get 15 years of this guy. The the Bills, same thing. They hire Sean McDermott in his early 40s. If this goes great and I want him for 15 years, I can have him for 15 years. The Rams are Sean McVay. Oh, same thing. The Seahawks know that right with Mike McDonald. If they hit on this guy, they can have him for as long as they want, as long as the relationship stays cool. If it goes well for Belichick, four years? Max? Like, are you even getting right. that? And there are, even on top of those two things, what... Like, Jim Harbaugh gets hired with the Chargers, and he's thought of as more of, like, the CEO type. What has Jim Harbaugh proven to be able to do at both in both San Francisco and Michigan? He is going to bring in the right coaches underneath him. He's going to bring in quality assistants. I mean, that's where Vic Fangio kind of made his money, uh, I think. Like, really, his name started to grow and got a head coaching job eventually because of what he did with Harbaugh in San Francisco when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, Greg Roman, a little bit of the same thing. The coaching staffs at Michigan that have grown into bigger roles um, and are now even coaching in the NFL, same thing. Like Harbaugh has a good reputation for identifying. He might not call plays. He might not be in on all the X's and O's stuff, but he's going to identify the right assistant coaches. Look at Belichick's track record with that. Look who you're hiring. Look at all the guys that are probably coming with him. You're signing up for Josh McDaniels and maybe Matt Patricia, or maybe it was going to be Bill O'Brien, but he already left, so it's not going to be him. He's at Ohio State. Like, I just, and, and that matters too, Sal, for the succession plan. If I'm only getting three, four years, like, one question I'm asking Belichick if I'm interviewing him to be my head coach is okay, you're 71. When you walk away, do you who 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 am I who am I going to have in the building already to ready to promote or do I have to do this all over again in four years? Mm-hmm. And 
I would be really questioning that guy's track record when it comes to who works underneath him and also what they become as head coaches because his coaching tree stinks. Joe, Joe, I'm not kidding when I say, like, I know it sounds it sounds really mean to say this or I'm just I have some vendetta against the guy or something. When you say that to me and you say if you're sitting in the room and you say to him, okay, like, hey, what happens when you leave? I imagine Bill Belichick doing the uh, Pat Riley and throwing the rings on the table and saying, why do you care? <laughs> he just doesn't talk the whole interview. He just, right, like, after each I'm question, Bill he puts one more Look ring Look at my rings. Yeah. Yes, like, I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I think it's almost, to me, I envision this. When you bring him in for an interview, people were laughing, like, what does it look like when he goes to interview for the Atlanta Falcons? It probably looks like that, which is, he walks in, he says, what do I need to tell you guys? I'm Bill Belichick. But that's that's why you don't hire him then. Like, what do you mean, what do I mean? Like, you're applying for a job here. Yeah. You can't, this is why he probably is, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some weird world where he didn't really care as much as we thought he did about getting a job, but I just envision this guy walking into Atlanta or wherever else he interviewed, and he's like, hey, I'm here, you got me. Like, well, I should ask you the questions. And also, here, here's what Tom Brady's father said, if, if anyone missed this. Tom Brady Sr. spoke on Belichick not getting a job on, actually, this was uh, Wednesday. And he said, quote, he runs a military system. It's a different generation. Bill is a great, great, great coach, but his interpersonal skills are horrible. And even the most intense coaches you're seeing hired right now, look at Dan Campbell. He's like one of the most intense coaches that you'll find. Anybody have any question about his interpersonal skills? Like you, I, I, the only look I got at that is hard knocks and what gets written about him. But even him, he's like the 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 most intense coach you're going to find for stuff like that. That's getting hired recently, and even him, like players would go through a wall for him. And I yep. just I don't even I question whether Belichick's style. In terms of how he operates the organization, not even the coaching, not the X's and O's, not who he brings in at quarterback, not how how he wants to run an offense. Even beyond that, what Tom Brady Sr. said about how he deals with people, I feel like that matters more today than maybe it ever has, if, it, if I'm right to say that. Did you, did you see Marlon Humphrey tweet yesterday about Belichick? I did not. Let's let's get to that okay. when we come back. We're late to a break. Okay. Um, we call her and hold. We can get to as well. But what Marlon Humphrey said about Belichick, I have not seen that. I'm going to not look. I'm going to wait to have okay. Sal reveal to me uh, when we come back. Lou DiBiase coming up at 8 o'clock on the Senior Bowl. My brother's down in Mobile. He'll talk with us on what he's seen in the first couple practices coming up in 10 minutes. Stay tuned. Joe DiBiase, Sal Capaccio here on WGR. All right, Sal, what did Marlon Humphrey say about Bill Belichick? Marlon Humphrey, corner of the Ravens still? Yeah, he said, he wrote yesterday, here's what his tweet was. The quote, in quotes, greatest coach of all time. Oh, love the quote. Did not get hired out of six head coaching job opens, openings. I think that debate can be put to rest now. Wow. Love the quotes. What? Exactly what I did when I got uh, yeah. Troy Aikman off a little bit with uh, the quotes around <laughs> Hall, Hall of Fame. Those quotes are powerful. you got to know what you're oh. doing with them. Um, yes. The debate can be put to rest now also. Like, he just 
like definitively like this this means he's not even in the debate. Man. I mean, he's in the debate. He's in the debate. I'm not going to take him out of the debate. But I'm leaning you're you're in uh, you convinced me once upon a time on Joe Gibbs being above him and I am more and more uh, really yeah. wanting to put Andy Reid above Love him too, if he wins the Super Bowl this year. Okay. All right. You're good. Me, you're good on Gibbs now with me. What I, what I, I'm the good way with I Gibbs. Framed that. I'm good with Gibbs. I can't okay. get past. It's not like it's two seasons worth. It's 170 games without Tom Brady. Correct. Where he's got a lower yes. win percentage than Norv Turner. Just there's it, there's it's it's glaring to me that it's that overt. Like, and it's, it's that many games, and it's in different eras too. It's in the 90s and in the in recent times. That that record has been compiled. That's right. So, eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. I've run the numbers, Joe. Mm-hmm. Offense, defense, where coaches come from. We can talk about the eight o'clock hour. Okay, I've tweeted out. I have the numbers. I went through and looked at where coaches come from, which side of the ball. It's very interesting where this is going in the NFL. We'll get to that. We'll get to my brother Lou DiBiase locked on podcast, who is down at the Senior Bowl. And in Mobile, we'll get some draft in on the last, the first two days or the first day. It was a lot of Lad McConkey, the wide receiver from Georgia, that was stealing mm-hmm. the show. We'll see uh, who has been doing well in the last forty-eight hours down in Mobile. Lou joins us next. Stay tuned, and you can get your phone calls in as well if you have questions on the draft or uh, Belichick. Eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. It's Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off today. He'll be back on Monday here on WGR. Restrictions apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.